The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Corner of Sports Talk. It is a Monday. We are live. For me, it is a blue Monday. And not Kansas Blue And that's one of the first things we're going to talk about 888-346-9144 That is the number if you want to call in and join the show You know the show We're going to move fast And by we, I mean Demery, who needs no introduction Is on the line with me Demery, what's up? No, yeah, no introduction at all Great to be back Back to work Enjoy my little break off But you know, it's good to hear your voice, unfortunately. It's I, good yeah, to hear you. you know what? I'm trying to be upbeat. I'm front. I'm in here fronting right now. I'm trying to be upbeat, but I'm not so much because of, uh, you know, the game I watched yesterday in Nebraska, but the state of Kansas, it was huge for the state of Kansas. And now I understand why KU doesn't want to play Wichita. It's not like a big brother thing. You know, guys who mm-hmm. don't go, kids who don't go to KU go to Wichita, but they should they still have Division One scholarship, is and Wichita was known uh, for many years that that I can remember as a baseball school, and and I don't I don't know if you ever knew. Back in the day, they used to have a football team, uh, and some tra- some tragedy happened with that. Um, you can look that up. I don't want to bring a dim, a dim light on Wichita State of Kansas, you know, in Wichita, Kansas, actually. But they beat. Yeah, them. I didn't know they ever had a football program. Uh, a couple years ago, they had a bowl game, but. Um, yeah, they're definitely, since I've been known about Kansas, all basketball. Not particularly football, but yeah, going out back to this game yesterday, I thought it was a, it was a great rivalry to be played in the state of Nebraska. Even though it should have been played, I can't imagine if it was played in uh, Kansas, Kansas, which I think this game was still, this game was a little bit overdue in my eyes. I think they should have been played this game. Uh, if they could have scheduled it last season, it would have been terrific. When uh, Wichita was finally being known to the national media, you know they could have set that stand that you know that landmark for them last year that success. But I, I felt like it was a little bit overdue. But it was great timing to put it back in the tournament. You know when it really matters. Yeah, Wichita was undefeated last year during a regular season. They, in my opinion, they got uh, shafted by put, putting them in the bracket with the the uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Well, just that bracket alone, they should have been even that number one seed spot that they looted them. Uh, I thought it was unfair, and we and down and along with the show as we move on, we're going to talk about some unfairness, and that's usually uh, particularly talking about the NCAA. So we get into that, but right later, but right now, they should have played last year. And, and Kansas is not the same team, but you are Kansas. When I look at Kansas, I don't see any first rounders in this year's draft. I just don't see it. Perry Ellis is a, a junior. And he needs to stay another mm-hmm. year. Not because Wichita beat him. Wichita is good. We can remember what they did last year. Uh, you, st- you still have to play. When you get on the basketball court, you still have to play. If a guy's hot and they have a hot shooter over there, it seems like the guy came out. And, sh- and when they started this game, nobody was hitting points. The game score was 2-1. 
Then Baker came out mm-hmm. and just lit it up. Just lit it up. So I understand, and I, I made a guess, uh, not so much of an educated guess, last time we was on the show, that Kansas didn't want to take away uh, from the scholarships or didn't want to play with Utah, and I thought that was the case because they wanted to make sure, they didn't want to put it in the, the kid's hand of which school should I go to. Okay, KU's the biggest school, KU's the known basketball school, but we beat Wichita. So I thought they just said they wouldn't plan them for that reason. But now I understand why they – I think I understand why they're not playing each other. They should play every year. That's a – it could be a big game now. And Kansas, you know, you, you got guys who were trying to go to KU, didn't get recruited to KU, or wanted to go to KU, didn't get recruited. They end up going to Wichita State just so they could play KU. And you look what that program has done. And one of the things the coach said, Wichita State coach said, um, I was impressed with – before the game, don't go out there and try to do anything special, anything uh, spectacular. Your best will be good enough. And their best. And you look at that game, you thought KU was going to at some point run away. They had an eight-point lead. Then they came back. Uh, Wichita State went on a 13-2 run. Came back. was leading 29-26 at halftime, which, okay, that's fine. It's, it's uh, in-state. And, and, you, and if you Kansas, you think, I'm going to come out. We're going to come out and we're going to get it done. But – he said, your best is good enough, and their best was good enough. And I like when you take the pressure off the kids. Say, just do what you do. Come out here and play while we recruited you. Play your position, do your job, and everything will be fine. And their best was good enough, and they beat KU 70, what is it, 78 to 65 or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. Something crazy. It was a Wichita State yeah, 78. <clears throat> Wichita State 78, yeah, Kansas 65. Yeah, they beat them by double digits. 13 points. At first, when they got out to that eight-point lead, like you were stating, I thought Kansas was just going to run. Wichita stayed in the dirt. I was thinking Wichita wasn't talented enough at their team last season. But like I was saying, you know, I thought it was over date because Kansas had their team of what they do nowadays with Bill Self. They recruit out of state. They recruit the top players in the country out of high school. And they don't look in-state anymore. So Wichita has been building this team together. They've been... Um, picking up guys from, you know, who you didn't even hear of anymore. They pick up guys going through uh, junior college transfers. They've been loading this team up with true Kansas talent. And, you know, those in-state players saying, okay, you passed up on us, so you're going to get that that best game. You're going to get that energy, especially when you go against Kansas and Kansas State. You know, that charisma of that team, that energy, you know, they can't wait to play a team like Kansas or, you know, Kansas State, the bigger schools. It kind of reminds me of, like, Butler in Indiana, Indiana. when Butler made their runs a couple of years ago. Butler, they had that scheduled game against IU and Purdue, and they were beating IU and Purdue that same season. It's because – and it made that season so much better because it's like, yeah, we're finally here. You want to pass up on these kids. Well, we have – we don't have the one-and-dones. We have the four-year players. We have the guys who – going to build this team chemistry. And you could tell throughout the Wichita State-Kansas game, it was all it was all chemistry. It was all charisma. They did not get overwhelmed. They kept running the same offense. If you were paying attention to... They didn't you know, have a panic moment. ...defensive presence, they were playing lower. You know, they were playing low to the ground. They wanted that mo- that game way more. Right. You know, Kansas, you know, there's so much one and done, you don't have the same team chemistry. And you didn't see, uh, to your uh, comment, you didn't see any panic mode in Wichita State. I didn't see them. Guys were getting frustrated no. early. You know, the referees, that, that, there might be a problem with how they referee in these games. They, they stopping to the play too much. Uh, they putting guys at the line too much. If you take these guys, 
this KU team, you take any team, you, but you talk, take this KU team, there's five guys, and you take Wichita's five guys and put them on a, a basketball court at, at the park. Wichita State will probably beat them. Yeah, they, they probably go have had five out of five times. But it would be a fair fight because the referees are not involved, and you don't think the basketball is physical. It's supposed to be physical. You can't let a guy come in there, not anything flagrant, but you can't let a guy come in, come into uh, the paint, and it's just a easy day for him. That's not the game. Right. It's supposed to be physical. It's, it's supposed to wear down his body. It's supposed to, at some point as the game go on, wear down his mentality. And that's when guys win the games in the fourth in the fourth period, when or the second half of a game, when you find out who's mentally strong. Uh, Kansas, I, and I hope Kansas is not one of those programs to feel like, well, we don't have to get. JC transfers. We don't have to go get that guy from here, get that guy from there. We'll make do with some freshmen and we'll get all our recruits from out of state. Because Kansas think everybody wants to go to KU. I know Nebraska for sure. Nebraska football team is this team that I'm talking about. They don't recruit within Nebraska. They say, well, you should want to go to Nebraska. We don't have to recruit, give you a scholarship. They recruit, but they're they not really trying to give those scholarships. They say, well, you live here. You should want to go to Nebraska. So they give a lot of scholarships to out of state kids. When you got those. Nebraska kids right there who could play. Uh, so I hope Kansas don't become that team uh, and, and try to shy away from junior college transfer. And they shouldn't because now these right. kids are going These kids are going one and done. And we'll talk about that one and done, as I mentioned. And also that's the NCAA problem that I have. Now there's only two. Kansas wins the Big 12. There's only two teams left, I think, out of the Big, Big 12, and that's West Virginia who beat Maryland. Mm-hmm. And uh, who has Oklahoma? I think Oklahoma. Oklahoma beat Duke. Not Duke, but uh, Dayton. And um, yeah. one, of, one of the things I want to say about the bracket, you know, like last year we talked about where Wichita State was in the bracket. They should have been better seated in the bracket, but they wasn't. Uh, and then I look at the bracket this year, and I watched Georgetown. And don't and, they, and people shouldn't call this a, an upset. I watched Georgetown get beat uh, by a team. But I think Georgetown was seated highly, higher than they should have been. Or lower than they should have been. They shouldn't have been the higher seed. So it seems like an upset, but the other the team they played was just better. It was better than right. them. And I think a lot of these seedings are because teams and their historical uh, presence, their historical uh, shape, going into a uh, tournament time, they get seated in such a place where, oh well, that's Georgetown, or that's or that's uh, that's Duke, that's University of Kansas, that's that's Kentucky, and they get seated in such a way. When sometimes their schedule don't reflect it, right, and that has a lot to do, like you said, with the seating, you know, the program teams. Because you see, where you know Arizona, they get the two seed, U of A, and you know they have an easier way to getting towards the final four because the toughest team they have in their bracket or their that West bracket is Wisconsin, who's sitting at number one. Right, but you know they don't have to see a Wichita State or Notre Dame. You know, those likes of a team. I mean, they may can run into North Carolina if North Carolina could be Wisconsin, but this is not the same North Carolina from, you know, the 80s and 90s. This is a whole new Roy Williams-type team, even though they have a lot of momentum in this tournament. But throughout the season, you know, you had, you've seen days where it's not your typical North Carolina. So, you know, they're saying they upset uh, when they beat Harvard or they beat Arkansas. That was a tough game for North Carolina to win. And you look at it, it's like, well, really, a North Carolina team, that's, that should be a cakewalk. Because 10 years ago, Arkansas would not be in, in the tournament, neither would Harvard. And like you were saying with Georgetown, 
because of the presence that they have in their history. I think the game you were talking about was Utah. They took a loss to Utah. To Utah was good. And you, yeah, Utah was balling all packed twelve. I've seen it, you know, ninety and nine out catching games here and there. I'm like, man, this Utah team is really making some noise. They get seated as a five. So when they play a team like Georgetown, who has the one and done concept because of the history, you know, those historic college teams now they just all one and dones and they get seated some type of way. So therefore. You're scheduled to go against a tougher team with more chemistry, like a Utah, Wichita State, Gonzaga, guys who stayed those four years. And it's, you know, it's, it makes the tournament a little bit tougher, but at the same time, it's not fair the way they set up some of the seating. It's, right. It's really not fair. It's and really it's, and, it's, and it's more for, uh, you, you, what you say, it was more for the TV revenue or, or, Right. To, to make it a good, to not to make a good story out of it. Like I want to put this show on this channel, and I want to put that show on another channel. But it's so we can watch. Okay, you got Kentucky like last year. You got Kentucky and Wichita in the same bracket. Oh yeah, I got to watch that Midwest bracket. I got to watch that. Oh, you got Virginia mm-hmm. and Notre Dame here. Yeah, I got to watch that. They place them to the benefit of themselves, not for the kids and not for the school so much. It's more so for the NCAA or the tournament committee. They place them for their benefit, and I think that's unfair. I think that's totally unfair uh, when, you, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it and, and these kids being one and done. And the one and done to me is a problem. It's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's a good concept. But then when you watch these kids um, all season, I mean, getting into the tournament is fine. And maybe they may do something. I don't see how it would be changed. I don't think it would be uh, how they would change it like a football playoff or something like that. But I guess that is your playoff because they can't go – Mm-hmm. All year long. I mean, you, March Madness is March Madness, and then you go into the championship game. What is it in April? First week in April. I don't think right. they can go uh, doing the things for us, and maybe they could, but I'm not just smart enough to think about it right now. But go do anything mm-hmm. to the one and done. But I think it's a pressure situation, and this is why I picked the field against Kentucky because you're talking about some kids now. When you when you lose a game in the regular season, you just lost the game. You still the best team. Uh, they're just somebody. You know, it's mentally draining throughout the whole season. You're still the best team in the country. It's like we talk about LeBron. He haven't won championship in what? He's he been that many times. We still talk about, we talking about Westbrook, Durant, uh, J- James Harding, and uh, Curry. But at the, end of the, at the end of that conversation, we still say the best player in the world is LeBron James. So when these kids in college get beat in, during the season, it's no big deal. But in a, in a, in a postseason, it's one and done. It brings some pressure into it, and this is why I don't bet. Right. This is why I don't bet on, um, you know, on kids or in, in games and stuff like this because I have no control of it. And then the pressure that comes with it. Some kids just tense up. Some kids rise to the occasion, and that's when we see stars mm-hmm. become stars, or we see guys who's just you know can't handle pressure because of the tournament, yeah. because of one and done. And they should, I guess, it should stay like that. And I mean, it makes it makes sense, but. Maybe there's another way because sometimes the best team in the country don't get to the championship game. Right, and I agree with that because you look at the teams that's in the Sweet 16 in the right now. The beginning of the season, you would never think Michigan State would be there. You would never think Utah, UCLA, you know. UCLA, that for sure. Program, they're 11 seed. They made it to the Sweet 16. Right. It's because their program, you know, they. They're trying to rebuild, so they snuck into the tournament, which I didn't think they belong, but because it's UCLA, the city of L.A. watches UCLA basketball, state of California, 
they're going to find a way to get in there, and now they have to have a matchup against Gonzaga, who don't deserve to go against a program like UCLA. They, they should deserve a one seed, you know, to make it easier for them in the tournament because of what they've been doing lately, because of what they did during the season, which takes a lot from that. But this whole March Madness concept, um, I just think they need to build more teams within this uh, this madness, even though it's already 68. But, you know, the way they present it as come watch the Cinderella story, come watch the Final Four, road to the Final Four, Right. who's going to be the Cinderella team. When you look at a year in, year out, it's only about, two Cinderella stories, two Cinderella quote-unquote teams. And honestly, Wichita State, the program that they are at or how they're a mid-major coming from the Missouri Valley where it's only one team in the whole tournament, they're a Cinderella story in themselves. You think they're they, you, you they Cinderella? Lives. You think they're Cinderella because yeah. what they did? Like, I know that, that, um, that the Valley, Midwestern, Missouri Valley, I'm sorry, that they came mm-hmm. out of. But, you know, I think Gonzaga used to be in that – that uh, conference, they used to have some players. Uh, yeah. Butler used to be in that conference, didn't he? Um, no, and they Gonzaga's more, you know out west, but Butler played in a even smaller conference uh, uh, in the Horizon League, and then they got moved up to Atlantic Ten. Now they're Big East basketball. Right. Gonzaga, I'm surprised they're still not even in the Pac-12 yet. So. We saw State still playing in Missouri Valley, you know, some teams the conference are- that they're in. Some teams are just better suited where they are, like Gonzaga. Because every year we're looking for that Cinderella, and I don't know what. I think the Cinderella, Cinderella. But you remember what used to be VC, uh, Virginia State, no, Virginia Commonwealth University with yeah. uh, Shocker yeah. Smart. Exactly. Uh, when it, it used to be that team, teams like that coming out of nowhere, or teams that's coming mm-hmm. from small schools that, that'll get to a Sweet 16. Now we label them Cinderella. But to your point, now it goes back to the market, the road to the Final Four, or Sweet Sixteen, the the, the Elite Eight. Now it goes back into that market because we're looking for a few Cinderella teams and who gonna get in? Because a lot of teams right. get left out. Like I would have put UConn into this tournament because they won a championship last year and they played in the championship game of the um of their conference and they lost that mm-hmm. game. But I would have put them in there. I would have put them in there. It's just funny how it's just funny how they say in Michigan State Cinderella team. Well, you got three McDonald's All-Americans on your squad. Right, and we'll come back. See what the tournament is trying to do. They're trying to say this is a Cinderella team. Even (laughs) then, they got McDonald's All-Americans. AAU. what they do. AAU mm-hmm. guys, three All-American guys, and, and future first-rounders. Kwame Sports Talk, Demi Lachey is on the phone. We're going to take a quick break. we come back. When we finish up on this, and we'll get into some, uh, get into some other sports. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. But tonight... Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. That's the number. Jim Brown says on the line. Uh, we were talking. Uh, we talking basketball. We you know, started off. We kind of went long on that Kansas. But Ron Baker, Wichita State Shockers point guard. I don't know. He's a guard. I think he's a four. He's a shooting forward. Because uh, they play with. Um, you know, a lot of teams play with three guards, two forwards, or four guards and one forward. Now you can run. Uh, I'll really sum up this game and we'll move on to, you know, there was a, there was a combine here uh, this weekend and there was a guy at the combine uh, from a young kid from a swag from Southern quarterback. Everybody's saying he's wilding everybody. This is the same one that he didn't let Tim Tebow in. But I'll wrap this up. Ron Baker, you know, he shot, he went lights out. Greg Marshall, and I told you a story about, and I told you, made a comment about what he said and I thought was perfect for those kids going into a big time situation. Kansas State University, Jayhawks, going against the Wichita State, the Shockers. You know, he, mm-hmm. the thing he did say was, you know, do, your best will be good enough in this game. Just don't do anything special. And, that, and I, I think that took the pressure off these kids to say, all right, well, we just go play basketball. This street basketball with the referees. And, I, and again, with the refereeing, I think is it, get, it gets in the way uh, a lot because you slow the game down. And then these coaches, you know, and I heard a stat this morning too. These coaches always – when they call a timeout, the kids shoot worse coming out of timeout than they do with the flow of the game going. The coaches trying to be coached. They're trying to be coaches at doing a game. When, when you realize this is nothing but more than a big pickup game that's on TV, and these guys, and this is why you recruited these guys. Uh, but Ron Baker shoots a lot, man. He, these guys were speechless. And I, and I say from University of Kansas, coming from University of Kansas is, you know, congratulations to Wichita State Shockers. They deserve it. You don't want to play them? This is what happens when you don't want to play a team and they've been itching and waiting to play you. They're going to come out and maybe they don't have anything to lose because everybody expected Kansas to win, but they're going to come out and say, now you're going to play us every year. And I think Kansas should play them every year. 
But that, I, and I was calling mm-hmm. for Bill Self's. I was wondering why I said, Bill Self, what are you doing? I was, I was trying to call for his head. But you know what? This is not a Kansas basketball squad. You look at these guards. Those guards look nothing like a Kansas basketball guard. I think I don't even know how tall those guys are. They look like they about five eight, five nine, something like that. Uh, <laughs> but that this doesn't look like a Kansas. But Kansas lost. And I'm not making excuses. I would never make excuses for um, the KU basketball team. They lost. They lost. They just they didn't lose. They got beat. They yeah. got beat, and and I think, I think uh, Perry Ellis, as a junior, needs to come back as a senior, unless there's an opportunity for him. Because this is one of the things I want to get into. If there's an opportunity for kids, and I've been saying this forever. You get an opportunity to go in the first round. You got an opportunity to go in the lottery. You better go. I don't like this new rule, Demry, and I think you. I don't know if you heard about the new rule uh, coming up with the CBA. See, college basketball has more to do with NBA basketball. This is the basket. These these college rules are NBA rules. You remember when the kids used to come out in high school and they stopped that. You had to go one year of college. And there are some coaches that say, well, I'm recruiting you for one year because I know you're good enough to go pro. And they go to those universities like Kentucky, like Louisville. They go to these universities knowing they could be one and done, Kansas, in these top universities. But when you got kids who, can st- when you got kids who stay or who, who has that plan to come in and be one and done, I think they should be one and done, but here's what the here's what the NBA is doing to the college level, and that goes back into that multi-billion-dollar business they're doing with the NCAA and the NBA. This is all tied into each other. If you come in for one and done, and you don't leave after your first year, you have to. Well, if you can't go straight out of college, out of high school, you come in, you have to stay three semesters. Who does that benefit? Me staying three three semesters. Unless I'm going to summer school for those three semesters, that's the only way I'm going to graduate uh, in three semesters. So now you're telling me right. I have to come back uh, four years or four and a, uh, another year to complete my fourth year, which is, which is understandable because a lot of people do it. But this benefits, this new rule, possibly rule coming up, benefits the university. It doesn't benefit the NBA only for the fact to say the NBA think they would be getting more better players because when these, a lot of these young guys come in, they're not really ready to play with them grown men. But they skill, they skilled at their position. Sometimes these point guards, they skill, and, and you can come in. So as a junior, they feel like, okay, they've been coached enough by some of the best teams, and you know they're coming from, uh, you might get some from schools that's like, like last year, Rich, Wichita State. We thought their first rounder, their second rounder would be a first rounder with the New York. You, right. you get a lot of these guys better suited for the NBA if they stay three years in college, but that benefits the college also, the TV. You can market these guys because they don't get any piece of that revenue. Uh, but then you want to say, don't call them student athletes at that point. They semi-pro, and they should be get paid to be semi-pro. Um, so I don't know if you heard this new rule, and, and that's my take on that. Again, I'm all in favor for if I can go play pro and somebody's going to draft me like the kid in uh, Ohio State who played three big games at quarterback like this year, last year, last season, like if somebody was going to draft you in the first round, go. That'll be your junior year. Sit out. Go to a team with a veteran right. who's on his way out, and you learning on the job instead of when you get there. Now you got to relearn this, what you could have learned last year. So that's my take on that. Right. Yeah, I think with the NBA and the, just the game of basketball is so different because you can go uh, look at a kid like, remember the kid James Young out of Kentucky? You know, he was a freshman last year. Uh, played great basketball, man, had a decent tournament, decent during the regular season, but he was a highly recruited high school recruit. And, you know, he put his name in the draft, went first round to the Celtics, 
I ain't heard of him since. I, I don't know what he's up to. And the thing is, now next year the Celtics is looking at another shooting guard to bring in. Someone just as young. You know, they you just keep going with it. So it's like if you're not ready now with basketball, it's, okay, well, we're going to look at the next guy. We're going to bring in another guy. Right. We're going to draft Marcus Smart and draft the knucklehead and play him more. And you see what happens. You know, and it's, yeah. And then you get a guy about 18, 19 years old fighting just to keep a D-League roster when if he would have stayed in college for a couple more years, you never know. You know, he could have developed that maturity of learning the concept of the game, learning more than just on the court, like what goes on behind scenes. You know, you learn the business aspect of the NBA, what the GMs really are thinking. And I think that comes with over time where you, you, where you get guys who stay in college for a while. A guy like uh, Jimmer Fredette stayed four years. Yeah, his first two years was a little rocky, but now he's starting to get minutes. Now he's starting to play a little bit more. Terrence Jones come out of Kentucky. He stayed for about two years, right. two and a half, three years. And he's now starting power forward. First year, you know, he was kind of rocky, wasn't playing much. Same deal uh, with Patrick Patterson out of Kentucky. He stayed off four years, won a national championship his last year. Um, develop, you know, the concept, he was more mature. I think the concept is, yeah, I, I agree. If you think you can play, if you know you can play at the next level, then go for it. But you got to understand the concept of, you know, it's a it's a whole other business aspect. You're not just going to go in right away and play. you got to understand to take those beat, you know, take those beating in practice. Right. If your name is not Andrew Wiggins, if you're not LeBron James, don't think you're going to come in there day one, get the ball to you, and you run the show. That's not going to happen. This is not Kentucky, <laughs> Kansas basketball. This is the NBA. Yeah. So I think a three-year ruling should occur. Maybe you can't go into like how the NFL, you got to stay at least three years out of high school, no matter if you red shirt or not. Mm-hmm. I think that would be terrific for the game of the NBA and for college basketball because it keeps those college basketball heroes in the game of the NCAA well, I, rather than sending these guys on. I agree. It would benefit both of them, but it, we got to stop calling them student-athletes. If, if the NBA or the NCAA has no care in the world whether they graduate or not, don't call them student-athletes. Call them an athlete, and when you stop calling them students, now you got to pay them. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't mind them staying three years. I don't mind them staying four years. Grant Hill stayed four years. Uh, Tim Duncan stayed four years. They had great NBA careers, but I don't mind mm-hmm. that uh, that they stay longer. But if they, the option should be if I come out and go pros, and we seen some guys come out out of high school and we didn't see them. But I know what I know where these guys go. I know why they come out. Some of them with a dream, anyways, to play in the NBA. A lot of these kids' dreams mm-hmm. is to play in the NBA, and so. But they also have family problems. They also have, like, you watch your mom and your family struggle for so long, and I got a chance to go pro, and mm-hmm. I can get them this, this, and I can pull this out of this, and you may not ever hear from me before. Well, maybe their motivation was to take care of their family, and which they are able mm-hmm. to do. And that might be your motivation. Not so much, I want to play in the NBA. My dream is to go to the NBA because I know I got a talent that gets me there. And that may be the case. So a lot of these kids, and then th- there's some success in basketball. It's just not in the NBA. Stephon Marbury, his team, the China Ducks, China Ducks in, in Beijing. Stephon Marbury leads his team to the, he's 38 years old, having great success there, lead MVP. Uh, and, and I'm just saying, you can't say Stephon Marbury in China should be MVP, but we watch a lot of the, uh, 
the Koreans, the China, the Japanese players, they come over here and have some type of success. We were watching Yao Ming. If he wasn't so soft and he still would have been playing with that height. Or um, mm-hmm. what's, what's my guy name who's in New York? Uh, Vincent. Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. Uh, we're watching a lot of these guys come out of different places. But, you know, these guys coming out of high school, they're, I think their dreams and their goals is to go pro to take care of some financial means. Then after they're able to get in, they find some, if they get to the right team and some right coaching, they're able to say, wait, wait, I can play this game. I should be able to play this game. I want to stay longer because it did just a signing of coming out of high school. And they don't make a lot of money coming their first contract, but it's more than they've ever had. It's at least it's millions of dollars that they, than they ever had, but that's over time. And then you want to get to that second contract when you're getting multi-millions and you're getting most of it in a bonus. You're getting that right away. You're getting that money right away. So my dream is to play in the NFL. My dream is to play in the NBA because it takes care initially right away. It takes care of me supporting my family. And I watch my mom struggle and I'll always say it to my, my motivational drive was to make sure she get house and car, make sure she can get off her feet. I watch her have two and three jobs. So, some of these people don't, most of these people don't understand that and they just say, well, you should go to school. You know, who's, you know who these people are saying is? Guys who don't have that talent. Guys who hate to see somebody come up. And this is my opinion on mm-hmm. all this. You hate to see somebody come up because you don't have that talent and you think he should have went to school because it might have been your favorite school and you felt, you left our school, you abandoned us. Well, shoot, the Morris brothers, uh, Wiggins, there's a lot of guys, uh, what's the... Um, What's the other? He's in Sacramento. I think he's in Sacramento. What's the? He left Kansas. If all them was still there. Uh, oh they, yeah, Macklemore. Macklemore. These these guys who will still be in Kansas right now today if they weren't allowed to leave early, and they, and they having some type of success. Mm-hmm. They playing in the NBA. Uh, but but now you look at the. It doesn't benefit Kansas, for them to leave because mm-hmm. if they were still there, Kansas, we talking about them as a uh, Final Four. We're talking about them in the Final Four. If you have all those guys right there, even uh, Joel Embiid, who went to Philadelphia. Now, you list you, all those guys who stayed three years, Kansas, you talking about Kansas National Championship. In my opinion, Kansas has rebuilt. But my they point. They still lost to Wichita. No, they, no, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Um, uh, you would probably sound like you believe that, too. No, they wouldn't have. There's, if they had Wiggins, they wouldn't have lost to Wichita. And not just one guy. Oh, please. If they had was, Wiggins, they wouldn't have lost to Wichita. I was for that game last year. Me, too. I was, playing, I was wanting to see Me too. how tough Andrew Wiggins was going to be against a tough well, we watch, basketball. We watched Wiggins in his final game have four points. And you think, what? His, you know right. why? Because Wiggins didn't want to go to college. When he wanted to go to the pros, so there was no, there was no basketball on this guy's mind. To be that good, to be a first round pick that good, and only hitting four points in your final game, that that don't that doesn't make sense to me. But I know what it is. He was going. He went to Kansas because he was told you can go pro next year, and then there was a right. big press conference that. There was a big press conference that. Sure, is he going to stay or he's going to go? Come on now. You're from Canada. You're not coming to Kansas <laughs> to stay. You're not doing that. You're not doing that. Your okay. dreams and aspirations. Yeah. And yeah, they, uh, you probably believe what you just, uh, just said about Wichita. And it would have been, gra- it it been a great game because I would wanted to see that too. I want to see that. Yeah. But a, a lot of people got to forget. They got to remember, man. And, and, I, and I talk to people and I argue with people about this all the time. You got... You're not from where these kids from. So don't try to talk for them and speak for them and guide them and put them in the right direction if you're not going to follow them all the way through until they become men. You know, you're still dealing right. with some boys. 
Now, you got to take these boys of men. Juan Ye. And I think the concept of the coaching abilities comes down to that a lot. And like you said, I have a lot of arguments about this as well. You know, I figure, I find out, it's some, to me, my standpoint, it's some better coaches, better coaching going on in college basketball than the NBA. I mean, it's some, it's some guys, you know, who I don't think are great coaches. Bill Self, I don't think he's a great motivator. Yeah, he's I don't a either. Recruiter, I don't either. But I don't think he's a great motivator because you get Andrew Wiggins dropping four points in his last game or can be last game, you know. That's not how he motivates. This, this, this is not, not motivation Murray. when Kansas, when Wayne Sendon, Selden Jr. was scoreless. That's not motivation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I agree with that's, you. That's not, yeah. So, but I, I still see the likes of like Steve Fisher, Coach K, Coach Calipari, who can, you know, stick a team together the way he does each year and out and still send these guys onto the NBA. And those guys are still competitive in the NBA, like Anthony Davis winning a national championship and then being successful in the NBA. I see, you know, more coaches on a college standpoint. You know, I think who should should be in the NBA, who NBA teams should go out and get since, you know, you open in the eyes of, hey, if we can go back to recruiting guys, getting guys straight out to high school, then why not get a John Calipari on your NBA roster or Steve Fisher, you know, get these guys to move up because those are the most of the rosters that you're going to be working with. You teach these guys to be motivated at a young age. Yeah, you congratulations, you got it done for your family, but you're not done for yourself, you know. Yeah, like the, like the Mavs coach. The Mavs coach, Carlisle, you, you hit the nail on the head. The Mavs coach said, you know, he can't motivate that team. They Professional guys, he can't motivate them. He said they don't play hard. Right. Now, why do you tell it? How does an NBA team, a team full of professionals, so-called professionals, do not play hard? But there are guys like that. But if you got motivational coaches, some of the coaches you met, Coach K uh, and those guys, you got motivational coaches, Roy Williams. I watch. I was so upset. I was late for my event yesterday, and we'll talk about my event when we come back out of break. But I, um, mm-hmm. you, you, when you say Bill Self's not a motivational, but he's not because there's no way in the world that uh, Wayne uh, Selden sh- should be scoreless and Mason should have five turnovers in the final minutes. There's no way that happens. But what he said going into break, we okay, we okay. And he said it with a smile. I, me, at that moment, I would say, you know what school you go to? Do y'all know where y'all are right now? And somebody would say, mm-hmm. we're in a tournament. I say, no, you in a fight. you in a dog fight right now. This you fighting for your life right now because this all comes down to where recruits go, how we recruit after this game, or how we recruit after this NCAA. You think because it's Kansas, a basketball school, you think they, kids just going to come here? There's plenty of other schools that kids can go. Butler, Gonzaga, uh, VCU. These kids can go there because they will play in the NCAA tournament. They, they still going to play right. that reach that high level. So when he had that smile on his face, we okay. Because you can read his lips. We okay. You know what coaches say in these moments. I would say, do you know you're at the University of Kansas? We should beat them right now. But we are in a fight. And they're beating us. You better come out ready to play or you're going to get done up. Or it's going to be a 78-65. You're going to lose by double digits, 13 points. And, and everybody's going to wonder why. And who cares what everybody wonder, but... Now we got to wonder why Why don't we play these guys every year? Why don't we play Kansas every year? Why don't Wichita get into the Big 12? I mean, uh, yeah, Big 12. Come on now. they got You, you hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, these coaches, mm-hmm. can't, they need the professional level. They need motivated coaches because these, these guys come out and don't play hard. Coach Collins, Myers don't play hard at times. How do you not play hard at times? It, this is your livelihood. This is what you do. This is crazy right. to me. 
Uh, you know what? We'll take a break. We come out. We talk. Uh, we got some more stuff to talk about. Crumb Lots of Sports Talk, Demon Lachey. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back from Elastic Sports Talk. That's a great song. Come back to Jimmy. Tried to make me lose my mind talking about which Tower is going to beat Kansas last year. I'm done talking about that game. Now I'm going to move on. I'm gonna, now I'm rooting for the Shockers. Come on, let's go, Wichita State. Let's go. Let's do, do what you're supposed to do last year. I mean, it's a Kansas team. I'm representing. There's no Virginia team. If Virginia loses to uh, Utah, no, Michigan State for the second year in a row. The same team for the second year in a row with that great defense that we hopped about and everybody hopped about, and they portrayed – this year, that great defense, they lose to Wichita. I mean, I'm sorry, Michigan State. They are a better team than Michigan State. I know they lost Justin or one of their shooters when he broke his finger, but he came back. Defense is defense because we talk about that with the, uh, who is it, uh, the uh, Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls, offensive power is not that great, but they keep teams where they can have a chance to win defensively. Man. Right. Demry. NFL veterans come by. <laughs> it was it was, it was, it was, I, in, it was in 10 feet. I couldn't go. I couldn't go. I mean, just like you out, I was out. Well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, veterans come by. Hell, Sunday at Arizona Cardinals team complex. I don't know how they pulled that off, but I thought it was going to be at the big uh, uh, in Glendale, but it was right down the street in Tempe, mm-hmm. right down the street. Uh, but there was some guys in it, like Michael Sam. Didn't run well. Didn't run well in the comeback. What make you thought, think he was going to run well anyway? At the um, right. at the veterans come by, so he's still trying to play. They didn't show a lot of things. They didn't show him kissing nobody. But the uh, you mentioned something. Uh, you, you mentioned something. He ran up like a five point one and a five point yeah. five point oh seven. Come on now. Yeah, but I mean, this this comes from a guy who was just on Dance with the Stars just a couple weeks ago. I mean, were you really expecting him to really come out and? Tear the numbers up? No, he didn't perform well before last year when he had a whole 
semester of, you know, time to develop his uh, combine numbers, but, you know, he still came out pretty flat. He's just not, that's just not what you do, Michael Sam. You're not a combine uh, athlete. Now, you can wow guys on the field. As you play Missouri, you play really well. You became All-American. Uh, first team SEC defensive lineman. And then in the NFL preseason, you had a couple of sacks. Uh-huh. Stick to what you do on the field. Don't do any more combine. And this plus is a veterans combine. What is Michael saying? A year out of college? A year out of like, uh, Missouri. Yeah, a year out of Missouri. What are you doing even comparing your numbers to a veteran combine? You know, guys who put in time before you. And I was kind of disappointed in the whole aspect of it. Uh, some of the, I think the running backs had their 40 times. I think the fastest guy ran like a 4, 7, 6 or something. Running backs, somebody and, ran a 4, 7, 6? That was not fast. No, and that was the fastest. And I was disappointed <laughs> in uh, a kid who I grew up in within Indianapolis, uh, Jewel Hampton. He ran like a 4, 9, 2 or something. I'm like, what? What what is, what is going on? You knew about this combine. You had this time to train. Right. And, you know, you could at least top it out four six. You know, that would have been acceptable. And you can't been, you couldn't nine. have been you couldn't have been nervous because you've been here before. Exactly. And then a guy uh, Michael Bush. I think he tore his knee up at Louisville once he was in college football. Had a little stint in the NFL, and he participated yesterday as well. He came out, didn't even know his combine numbers until a reporter came up with total. Oh, wow. And, you know, he realized in and there, man, my career is over. It's it's done. And yeah. I think that's what this combine actually motivates you and tells you, guys, this is the reason why. Your career. You're getting cut. This is the reason why, <laughs> you know, you should look to something else. Yeah, your career is over when you're doing yeah. a veteran combine. That's when your career is over anyway. You doing a veteran right. combine, so yeah, your your career's done. It is done. And you know what? It was about it was about two thousand uh participants there. Um uh, well, I think maybe applicants, but each person paid four hundred dollars. Well nothing but a big old money scheme. I should have did this and say, Hey, yeah, y'all yeah, I'm gonna talk to some pros, bring me your four hundred dollars. <laughs> uh <laughs> we made forty about we made about forty thousand dollars on it. Yeah, come on out here and uh, participate. Man, when you participate in stuff like this, especially you a year out of you a year out of college, Michael Sam, and you participating in this, that was a quarterback in this thing that that's why wilding everybody. Uh, the Cleveland Browns might work him out. Uh, it's a good chance they might work him out, and that was uh, J. P. Douglas. J. P. Douglas. I said he went to uh, I want he went to Southern. He went to Southern for a while. Mm-hmm. But there are some guys uh, that's coming out of college uh, that you know probably a year or two. That's looking good. I think this combine probably would benefit quarterbacks more than anything, or maybe receivers. Guys who's coming out there that I could use you right now. That's probably, in, right. my, in my opinion, that's what it, that's who it benefits. But you know, yeah, that, and, it, and it was a bunch of scouts. It was thirty-two representatives from each team. I mean, it wasn't Indianapolis Day Combine, of course, uh, attendance. But uh, the GM from the Raiders was there. And, you know, so it's a couple guys that showed up, but. Uh, still wouldn't even compare it to some pro days they were saying, but I mean it was still a pretty good outcome for the first ever veteran combine. Right, and then let me tell you what they're saying about JP. You know he's six foot one, one ninety five, hundred ninety five is a gifted athlete, gifted athletically. Of course he's black, but do not confuse uh, athleticism with the ability <laughs> to play quarterback. Come on now, just say he's a quarterback. Don't give me all that rhetoric. Uh, he possesses mm-hmm. a sound fundamental to play position. 
and just so happen he can wire you with his skills on the field that goes beyond reading and defense and making correct throws. The guy's he's smart anyway. If you know anything about him, he's smart. If guys want to go to uh, medical school, he's going to go to medical school. He's going to do that. Mm-hmm. Football, again, in my opinion, we were talking about how basketball and coming out of high school that motivates you to uh, because you want to take care of everything, but football might pay for his medical school. So somebody's going to have to pay for that. But, you know, you know he, he, he worked out. Uh, Cleveland Browns wants to bring him in. And, you know, Cleveland Browns, who they – Josh McCown. I think they had signed Josh McCown back, didn't they? They got um, right. Johnny Menzel in rehab over there, Thaddeus Lewis and Connor Shaw. That's, that's their quarterback roster. That's their quarterback. And who you know who's been successful in quarterback position was Josh McCown. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the only name that, <laughs> that makes sense. success in the NFL. Right. Yeah, on that roster. On that quarterback roster. Which is crazy. Right. That's, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so it, I guess it does benefit guys like J.P. Douglas. Quarterbacks, like I said, could be quarterbacks and receivers. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you – because I don't know how you can look at a linebacker in this combine and say, oh, well, he don't hit anybody. I can You can move well until, you, until your comment – like your friend right. Hampton, he should have been better prepared going into this combine. Way better prepared going into this combine because you had time to prepare for. You shouldn't be running four sevens, four eights, and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I, I understand it was a different time set, so it wasn't like the handheld time; it was electric timing. So you still got to take like a point two four off. You know that whole concept of it, but still, I, that still puts you, you know four seven. High four seven four four eight, you know, pretty disappointing for uh, you know a guy who you know who at that time. Right. If you're dedicating, putting, saying you're still working out, you feeling good as new. So Michael Bush was saying, you know, he felt like he was back in from day one shape, and you know, mm-hmm. the whole concept. Then you go out and run the four nine uh, official time, still take about point two four. If you're running a four seven, I don't think that even puts you in the top twenty. Uh, overall, as the whole running backs in this draft combine for the rookies that's coming, that's about to be in the NFL. And but it was good to see, you know, former first round picks for say like a uh, Felix Jones. I, I didn't know he was even out the league. The like running running back for, he used to be in Dallas, yeah, came to Arkansas. Yeah, I think he was in Arkansas. Right. Yep. Uh, he was Felix good. Jones came out of fast. Was it Arkansas, or Oklahoma? I think it was I think Arkansas. He came out before Demarco Murray. But then he went to Dallas. Yeah, yeah, he got number one pick to Dallas. Number one, first round, their first round pick um, to Dallas Cowboys. Played a little bit for the Steelers, and then they haven't heard him. He said he hasn't received any calls since his uh, time with the Giants last year, 2014-little camp. But, you know, he hasn't gotten any phone calls since. And it's crazy to see, you know, a guy who gets goes in the first round and see him back participating in the Felix Jones, where I thought he was played good football in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I, I did too. I, I I liked him. I thought he was a good switch up, change up running back uh, to what Dallas was doing. Uh, but I didn't know. I'm like you. I didn't know he was out of the league. Well, we didn't hear anything mm-hmm. from. But you know, you can have good backups and guys like him. If you out of the league, because I thought he had some great talent. Well, you out of the league, that means you running down on kickoffs. <laughs> so I thought he may be doing something like that. But just didn't hear from him. Just didn't hear right. from him. Well, we, we do got the draft coming up too. Yeah, the NFL, you know, yeah, the NFL draft coming up in the uh, draft party April 30th. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let me talk about my event for now. We had uh, you know, aces and bases with uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Geller <laughs> last night. Too bad you couldn't get in town because you missed it. It was it was pretty good. Uh, great turnout. Hundred plus people came out through there. Uh, we had at the Homestead uh, DC Ranch area, but it was good turnout. Uh, a lot of proceeds was raised for the phrase for the foundation, and that was a great thing. Mm-hmm. That was good. But you know, overall, everyone had fun. There was there was money. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, you know they had six thousand. To nine thousand dollars silent auction items with you know you Jimmy Kimmel, three night stays at a in a hotel exclusive hotel dinner also so I'm like six thousand dollars I'm like mm, I can go you know some of that was nine thousand dollar cruises boat rides and all that all those things but I was thinking I could shoot six thousand dollars I take six hundred and get will get me a good dinner but it was worth right. it it was for the charity it was for the foundation uh, not only just my Quamnasta Foundation but the Phoenix Children's hospital foundation also so it was good and then you did mention we do have the draft coming up so we're going to do a whole i'm going to host a draft party down at the coaching willie's downtown channel that's one east boston street that's april 30th we're going to do that uh again to raise money uh proceeds and stuff for the foundation so that'll, that'll be a good thing yeah you'll definitely be here mm-hmm. king king fit to be in the, in, the, in the house doing some things here um with that uh hosting and all that so but that's what it is. But yeah, draft. I respect Boylan's decision to retire at 24. That was from Roger Goodell. And with everything that went on with Roger Goodell last year with all the uh, domestic violence and how he handled it, uh, people also, people often wonder, you know, should he resign? You got the, the Maurice Smith who sold us out, um, NFL PA. I think he's sold us out. Everybody thinks he's a good guy, but he puts us in a situation where you know, you're not going to be able to recruit any of the money that you're losing the next 10 years. Who signs a 10-year bargaining agreement? 10 years in the NFL, the way the money changes? You don't No one does that. But the decisions and mm-hmm. how, how, how Roger Goodell handled that stuff, uh, I think was, you know, people want to say, can, should he resign? He never considered resigning, but it was, it was a question that was out there. Because the punishments, right. were, punishments were too, there was too many, too many different punishments for the same crime. So Yeah. And, yeah, right now he's going to okay and, you know, shake a lot of hands, kiss a lot of baby faces as much as he can right now because he's – Goodell is definitely on his way. Uh, to my aspect, I think he should have retired, turned it in. But, you know, he's trying to make a comeback, you know, like Jordan. But mm-hmm. we'll see. You know, and it starts now. So, you know, he's giving okay if Winston stays home now in Florida and all that. You know, he's trying to do the great right things now and kind of doing the A-Rod. Outside Regas process, but you know, it, if it was any other year, Goodell would would hate for me to potential on one pick, you know, not be in uh, what is it, New York? It would not be in Chicago this year or New York, you know, in the last few years. He would hate that, you right. know. He would yeah. make that known. But you know, he's trying to do the right things now, trying to build that uh, relationship back up with the fans, and everything. he still has a long way to go. Just put it that way. Yeah, I'll tell you why he's not. <laughs> what I think he reason why he's not considering retirement or or stepping away resigning because the guy makes about twenty eight million dollars a year and he makes money for the owners and if you're making owners money why would I get rid of you I can fix that I ease that over uh, so that I think that's in, in my opinion I think that's why he's not retiring twenty you making twenty eight million a year um, why would you retire from that that's crazy uh, before we get off we got about forty five seconds left um, the linebacker Chris Borland who retired last week because he didn't want to see his future go down the path that many others went down in football. 
uh, he's returning three-fourths of his signing bonus back to the team. That's ridiculous. I wouldn't return a thing. I'd die. No. I, I wouldn't return. A, that's a signing bonus. That's that's on. I think it was six hundred. It was six hundred seventeen thousand four hundred thirty-six dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not return. What? I I, I worked yeah. for that that whole year. I worked for that. So exactly. that's crazy. I wouldn't return the thing. Yeah, but unfortunately, what's up, Kevin? Well, unfortunately, we have to get off the air. Uh, Jeremy Lachey would be back in the studio tomorrow. I'm assuming. Uh, don't know where that guy Doug is. <laughs> Quam Lots of Sports Talk. Then we're out of here. Uh, we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.